Blog Talk Radio.
Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and as some people like to say good morning, they say it with a T, but just another good morning, I thank God for allowing us to see another day, another Sunday in October, this is the 22nd day in the month of October. And we have had the awesome privilege of um, celebrating Minister Sylvia during this month of October. That is her birth month. And we've done a number of things, and I'm sure she'll be talking about it, you know, on one of the broadcasts that she does. And she'll be writing on various social media Ventures and features because many times we just don't get it. We just don't understand that to be able to see a birthday, especially for those of us who have lost loved ones lately, and we thought we would see them again and again and again, but God. Um, took them to be with him, and that is his privilege and his authority. Because you know he created us, right? I want to say at the beginning, you know that God created us, and he created us to fellowship with him. So can you imagine the eternal fellowship with him? Well, I'm not going to keep on going on and going on because, you know, we got a time. Today, where I'm going to be sharing what the Lord has given me. So I'm going to turn the program over to Minister Sylvia so she can pray with us and pray for us because I don't know about you, but I can never, ever, 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 ever have enough prayer. Uh, Minister Sylvia, are you available to pray for us and with us, whatever the Lord has given you? Yes. Yes, I am. Excuse me for being so hoarse today. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you to ask you for forgiveness, ask you to accept our repentance that we put out before you. For God, we know that you are God and God alone. God, we thank you for just knowing that you are our God and just knowing that we are your people. We thank you for cares in your hands. We thank you for the opportunity to know that you care for us and we can walk with that knowing that we have an assurity that you have us, oh God. God, we just ask you to cover our family. We ask you to cover our homes. God, we ask you to cover us during the season. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to celebrate one another. We thank you for the opportunity to be with one another where some didn't get that chance to be with their loved ones on today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to celebrate my birthday for this whole month. God, I just thank you for everything that you're showing me, everything that you're providing for me and my family, God. We thank you for the togetherness. We thank you that we know in our heart and mind you are the Lord, you are the King, you are the Savior, you are the Redeemer, you are the Restorer, you are the Reviver. God, we just thank you for being everything that we need you to be. God, teach us how to depend on you even more. Cover, 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 cover our homes and everything that has to deal with us, we have to deal with in your blood, Jesus Christ. Cover our families in your blood, Jesus Christ. God, we just ask you to give us ears to hear on the morning. Give us a heart to receive on this morning. And give us a mind to meditate on your word and the message that's coming through this morning. We ask you to do these things, God. Every ear, every ear, God, open it up that it may hear you on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. If some 
someone says to you that something is good, I want you to ponder, what does that mean to you? Now, if someone says to you, it is finished, that means you. Just take a moment and think about it. Oh, God, in Genesis, the first chapter, verses 4, 10, 12, 18, 21, and 25, said that the light was good, that divided the lightness and the darkness. And he said that the dry land that he had created to separate the seas from the land was good. He furthermore went on to say that the grass and the herbs and the seeds and the fruit was good. He also said that day and night was good. He said that he created the wells and every living creature and the waters, and the winged fowl. And God said, it was good. God said that the beast, the cattle, and everything that on the earth, when he saw it, when he created it, it was good. So what does good in our language me. Well, the online Oxford Dictionary uses good as an adjective, and it says it's to, it means something is to be desired. It's been approved of. Mm. It's morally right. It's righteous. It has qualities that have a particular uh, required role. It, it benefits you. It, it gives you an advantage. It's well. It's similar to saying that something will give you a benefit or a profit or a gain or well-being or enjoyment, comfort, convenience. It'll aid you. It'll be useful. It'll be flavorous. You know, it's nothing like going to a place eating and the food isn't genuine. It's authentic. It's legitimate. It's bona fide. It's the opposite of wicked, something that will give you a disadvantage. Well, I'm going to share a few scriptures for another word. Matthew 27, verses 48 to 50, says, And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, Let be, let us see whether it lies will come to save him. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up his voice. And you know why? Because he wanted us to know that it was finished. And Mark 15, he wanted us to know that it was finished. And then again in Revelation 21 to 6, it says that he said unto me, done. Another word for it, it is finished. And he goes on to say, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life freely. Hmm. God said it was good, and he gave us things that we could enjoy as well. Birth months, things of that sort. The days that he's given us on earth, 
that we could enjoy, finished, means an adjective of action, activity, or a piece of work, meaning that it's been completed or it's ended. That action, that activity is ended. It's had a loss of its effectiveness. The power, the prestige. It's concluded. It's at an end. So I said it was good. Jesus said it was finished. If God said it was good in the beginning, I'm Alpha and Omega. And in the end of the conclusion of the matter, Jesus said, it is finished. He not only said it was finished when he died for our sins, which means what? It's finished. He died for our sins. And then in Revelation, when he says he's Alpha and Omega, he comes back to let us know that the penalty of death no longer, no longer has us. He has victory over death and pain and suffering. He's concluded the matter. It's totally finished. My sister, Sheila. Mm, my God. Finished. Her mission on this earth. My mom and dad. Finished. Their mission on this earth and they passed it on to us the mantle what has God done for you that's good and what has Jesus had to remind you that it's finished days on this earth remember we talked about celebrating minister Sylvia the month of October her birth month But yet, these days and these years that we have on this earth, what are we doing with it? Keep that thought. Pin it. Put a pin in it. Genesis 6 and 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Back at Genesis. Psalms 90, verses 9 through 12 says, For all the days pass away in your wrath, and we have finished our years like a whispered sigh. The days of life are seventy years, or even if because of strength, 80 years. Yet their pride in additional years is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Who connects this brevity of life among us with your judgment of sin and your wrath? Who connects it? with the reverent fear that is due you. So teach us to number our days that we may cultivate and bring to you a heart of wisdom. Mm. Numbering our days, pausing for a regular consideration of our days in light of God's way. Recognizing the finite gift 
of our lives here on earth and gaining a heart of wisdom. Talking about Psalms 90. As we steward what God has given us. He's given us days. He's given us years. Seventy years is 25,550 days. Eighty years is 29,200 days. 120 years is 43,800 days. Second Peter 3 and 8 says, Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Well, many of us know that a day has 24 hours in it. And we know that a day, like we just read, is like a thousand years to the Lord. So then, for us, one day is 24 hours, one year is 365 days, and a thousand years is 365,000 days. That's what a day for us is like to God. Let's do a little quick sidebar here. We need to remember that sin, practicing sin for a day, a year, or years, is practicing an immoral act considered to be a transgression against God. It's an immoral act. It's an act of evil. It's wickedness. It's wrongdoing. It's a transgression. First John 3 and 4 talks about that transgression. And even the rebellion against God is talked about in Deuteronomy 9 and 7 and Joshua 1 and 18. Sin in the very beginning began with Lucifer, who was described as one of the most powerful and beautiful angels. And yet he chose to allow sin to raise him from God. And the wages of sin, penalty, is death, according to Romans 6 and 23. So are you going to practice sin all the days of your life? Some people may. And in the 11th hour, the 59th minute, the 59th second, and even less than that, God may afford you an opportunity to confess what you're not and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ, or he may not. But he gave us days to enjoy this world in order to gain wisdom, to give him the glory, to fellowship with him. Romans 4, 25 says, But he did not doubt or waver in, his, in unbelief concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and empowered by faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that God had the power to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. Now, not for his sake alone was it written that it was created to him, but for our sake also, to whom righteousness will be credited as those who believe in him, who who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins and was raised from the dead because of our justification, our acquittal, our absolving us of all sin before God. See, the penalty was death and a sinless, only begotten son of God, by the name of Jesus, absolved us. He justified us. He acquitted us from sin. I know in this world, people try to make us think that 
as big sins and little sins. But it says on here that we were justified for our sins. Everybody has committed sin, but yet many times we want to act like one person's sin is worse than another. Well, whether it's fornication, whether it's murder, whether it's practicing um, sexual perversions of any type, whether it's um, breaking any of the Ten Commandments, because he said we shall not have another God before him. So whatever the sin is, Jesus acquitted us. So are we spending our days in sin, practicing it? Or are we spending our days in the things that will help us to have the wisdom of God? Second Corinthians, fifth chapter, 14 through 21 says, For the love of Christ controls and compels us. Mm. For the love of Christ controls and compels us. I'm Read that again. For the love of Christ controls and compels us, because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves. But for him who died and was raised there, raised for their sake. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view, according to the worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in that way. Mm. I'm going to read that again. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now, we no longer know him in this in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith and him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous morals and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Because spiritual awakenings bring the new life. Have you allowed him to give you a spiritual awakening so that you can have a new life? But all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We're to share this with others all the days of our life. I added that all the days of our life. Because it's just for us to know that it's this ministry he's given us is not a, a one-time thing. It's not just for us, but it's for us to share, to give to others. You know, not to be selfish with this gift. It's more valuable than any money that we could ever gain. The verse goes on to say, But as these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself, through Christ making us acceptable to him, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. The sins have been canceled through Christ Jesus. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That is restoration to the favor with God. Because remember, he said it was good. And he sent Jesus to say that it is finished. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ, who knew no sin, to judiciously be 
sin on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him, talking about God, and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. Colossians second chapter fourteen through twenty three says When we were dead in when you excuse me, when you were dead in your sin and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, worldliness, manner of life, God made you alive together with Christ having freely forgiven us. Mm, Listen to this. Listen to how it ends. Having freely forgiven us all our sins. Mm, Let's read that again. God made you alive together through Christ, having freely forgiven us all our sins, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands which were enforced against us, which were hostile to us. This certificate he has set aside completely removed by nailing it to the cross. My God. And when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil, Operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphant procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. They mocked him while he was on the cross. Mm. They tried to humiliate him while he was on the cross. And yet, in the 20th verse, it goes on to say, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were still living in the world, do you submit to the rules and the regulations such as, do not handle this, do not taste this or that, do not even touch this. These things all perish with use. In accordance with the commandments and teachings of men, these practices indeed have the appearance that popularity passes as that of wisdom and self-made religion, a mocking humility, and severe treatment of the body but are no value against sinful indulgence because they do not honor God. Whew. What you going to do? You going to seek God for his wisdom or you going to have these sinful indulgences that do not honor God? Are you going to spend the days that God has given you and graced us within and on this earth to fulfill your lustly flesh instead of living in a manner that honors God and gives you wisdom. It's a blogger by the name of Ruthie Simmons. She says numbering your days gives us permission to live with courage and caution, constrains us. It gives us an eternal hope in Christ for the very purpose of our days, for our God-given destiny. This is what I wrote through Jesus Christ for the destination that we're headed to, our hope on heaven's streets that are paved with gold, that that promise us uninterrupted worship and praise to and for God. So while we're here, we're not to just, although we're to live in the fullness of what God gave us, we're not to just 
do a car park them type of life where we just live in it any kind of way instead of doing those things that glorify God. Because he said what he created for us was good. And Jesus redeemed us back to that purchased place of goodness through his redemption plan that God sent him on. So when you number in your days, is it because you're rejoicing in the hope of God based off of your choices to gain wisdom from God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit and the word that was made flesh, not our flesh, but the flesh of Jesus Christ because we know that he's sitting on the right hand of the Father make an intercession for each and every one of us because he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he decided that he would go to the Father and ask the Father to send us the Holy Spirit so that we wouldn't be left here comfortless. While Jesus is making intercession for us, we can look to be encouraged. Yes, he allows us to spend money. Yes, he allows us to seek out entertainment. Yes, he allows us to invest and to listen to him. Yes, he allows us to be taught of him. Yes, he allows us to even deal with immediate circumstances that may not be pleasing to us. But there's a purpose for that season. There's a purpose for that thing. Because as we're numbering our days and we're treasuring the very things that are going on in our lives because we know it's not only to draw us closer to God, but it's so that we could be a living, walking epistle read of men. What is your epistle saying? What are they seeing? Are they seeing you? Or are they seeing God? I'm not saying that we have to be perfect because our daddy God gave us an awesome restoration plan. But if we remember that each day that we're on this life, I mean, we're in this life and we're on and in this earth, every day, whether it's 75 years, 70 years, Whatever it is, every day, it's like a thousand years to God. My mom spent close to 75 years on this earth, which would have been 27,375 days. And the same thing with my dad. But they are destined, and we were destined to reign with the Lord of Lords and the king of kings forever. So whether you take these days that God has given us for as one day is 24 hours, but yet is 1,440 minutes, but yet is 86,400 seconds. But yet if we get it down to nanoseconds, it's 86,000. 400 nanoseconds. So can you imagine times 10 to the 13th power? That's how many nanoseconds are in a day. 86,400, triple zero, triple zero, triple zero nanoseconds. And a year is 365 days. But yet a day to God is 1,000, which times 365 days is 365. So many of you dealing with various sicknesses and diseases and things of that sort need to remember if you're not feeling well or if, if you're in doubt of how long you have on this earth, Remember in Second Kings 20, verses 1 through 7, Hezekiah, in his 
illness turned his face to the wall. Because God had told him, set your house in order, or you shall die and not recover. Hezekiah weeped bitterly. But guess what he did? Before Isaiah gone out of the middle of the courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, and you are a leader of God's people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, since I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears, behold, I am healing you on the third day. Jesus rose on the third day. This is your third day on the day. And you shall go up to the house of the Lord. That's what God is saying. I will add 15 years to your life and save you in this city. Why? Because Hezekiah had prayed. He had turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and saying, Please, O Lord, remember now the compassions, how I have walked before you in faithfulness and in truth with a whole heart entirely devoted to you. I have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept. So if he will do that for him, And he's already promised us 120 days. Will you? Can you? Do you have faith enough to turn your face to the wall? To lay prostrate on your face? To kneel down before God, however he wants you to do it, and say, God, if you gave him 15 years, can you give me 58 more? Can you give me 68 more? I'm crying bitterly, for I've tried to do the things that you called me to do. Strengthen my body just as you strengthened and recovered Hezekiah. For it says, then Isaiah said, bring a cake of figs. And they bought it and placed it on the painful inflammation. And he was recovered. Mm, For that 58 more years to get to your 120 years. And so that you can be fully recovered. Are you willing to ask God for those 120 years that he said we would have on this earth? Today. 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 Are you willing to remember how James 14, verses 13 through 15, reminds us that life is merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke? a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that's visible a little while and then it vanishes. So we say if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that. For life is like a vapor. But yet God can turn that vapor to where you see it today, 24 hours. Tomorrow, 24 hours. You see it next year, 365 days. But yet a year is like a day to God, and a day is like a thousand years. And he says that that day that's like a thousand years, that 365,000 days, 58 more years for you, a full recovery, not feebleness, 
not depending on this person or that person, but the inflammations, whatever's going on with you. God could heal you. God can heal you. God can cause you to have visions and dreams to all of his men and his women that he's created. Why? Because a vapor is something that's here, but it's gone. But if you ask God to let your vapor last for 365,000 more years, don't you know that he can do it? We think about vapors when we're boiling things and, and the mist is gone. But what about if your mist can last? For 365,000 years or for 365 days, three more years. See, that's how I believe God. I believe that I can have a mist and a breath and a vapor that outlasts anybody until God says so. So the preacher says the vanity is a vanity. So the preacher talks about the generations that come and go. How many of you ever seen on the various entities the daughter that has a daughter and then that daughter standing with her mother and that mother standing with her mother? You can take a picture that shows generations to generations to generations. But see, we don't think about that. I didn't get to meet my grandmother, but many people did. I could see God blessing me to see my son, not only all of his children, but for his children to have children and their children to have children. As long as the world tarries and he can allow me to be here to gain his wisdom and to share his wisdom with them. So many people don't want the wisdom of the elderly now because they don't understand. They think they know everything. But humility to be something that they gain in a negative way. So we don't want to reject God. We don't want to reject Jesus. We don't want to reject the days that God has given us. But we want to know this. Just as Jesus destroyed every penalty connected to all sin, he's exposing the sinful nature and ways in people's lives. Not because he hates you, but because he wants you to believe in him, to fellowship with him, to not practice fornication, to not practice homosexuality, to not practice being a murderer, to not practice being a liar, to not practice being an adulterer, for not practicing evil, wickedness. But he wants you to turn your heart your mind, your soul, your total being over to him. God has a redemption plan, a salvation plan for each and every one of us. So whether you're an intercessor, a preacher, part of the fivefold ministry, a minister, uh, whatever your role is, I want you to decide that you hear the voice of God on today or whenever you're hearing this message. And you're going to obey God. You're going to accept him. You're going to love him. You're going to fellowship with him. No more excuses for going back to your vomit. No more excuses for not doing this or not doing that. Why? Because God has given us a salvation plan. So in Jesus' name, I speak to the land, be healed. 
In Jesus' name, I speak to the land of your hearts and your minds and your souls and every fiber of your total being. Be healed, 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 healed from the mountaintops to the valley lows, to the seas, wherever you are. Be healed, healed, healed for the glory of God. For God's sake, it is good. And Jesus declared that it's finished. And even in Revelations, he's going to declare it again to where even death, will be gone. For he's already done that as the only begotten, transitioned from this earth, has done it as well. We don't know when their judgment day was. Was it the day that they left? Or is it coming to be? I don't know. And guess what? I always say this about um, things on this earth. That's beyond my capacity. That's beyond my scope. That's beyond the things that I'm responsible for, for God is God, and he is the Lord of the Lords and the King of the King. And Jesus declared, is finished. Minister Sylvia, I'm finished. Are you available, Minister Sylvia? Okay, I don't know where Minister Sylvia is, so I'm going to go ahead um, with the rest of the uh, program and letting you know we thank God that you're here with us on today. We thank God that you heard the message on today of restoration and reconciliation. We thank God that you're not going to live to your flesh, but you're going to live to worship God. You're going to live to seek him for his wisdom. You're going to live to worship him in spirit and truth, for he seeketh such that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants us to know, but to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. His joy, his peace, reverence for him, fellowship with him. So on today, know that God brought this message just for you, 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 and you, and me. So on tomorrow, it will be the fourth. Monday of the month. We have a fifth Monday coming on the 30th. Yep, this is one of those months where we have five uh, months in it, I mean, five Mondays in it. So tomorrow will be uh, Minister Sylvia along with Elder Tony, along with uh, Minister Ron teaching on uh, whatever God gives them, whether it's family, whether it's marriage, whatever God gives them, they will be here. And that's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Iron Sharpening Iron. Minister Sylvia will be um, sharing also on Wednesday. She usually does that around 4 p.m. So make sure you join in to hear her, um, whether he gives her an hour, a half an hour, 10 minutes, whatever the Lord gives her, be there so that you can hear God's wisdom because he's sharing his wisdom because he wants us to have his wisdom. And then on Friday night, Minister Sylvia will be back, and she will be ministering at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then if it be the will of the Lord, where he's answered my prayers to allow me to have 120 more years, day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, nanosecond by nanosecond, on the 29th, it will be the 5th. Sunday in the month of October. My, my, my. And then it'll be the 30th, and then it'll be the 31st for three last days of the month of October. Mm. So I thank God for our foundational scripture, which is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Thank you, God, for this service on today. We thank you for telling us that it was good, everything that you created and everything that you have done. We thank you for your son, Jesus, reminding us that it is finished. He has died, 
for all of our sins. We thank you that we have the choice to make to obey God or to obey this flesh instead of the flesh that was made the world, word, which is Jesus, because it made the world free. Hmm. When you said those words, let there be, and it was. Your word made this world. Your word declared the creatures that would be. Your word, God, and we know that your word shall be established through us. So we thank you for your word that created this world, that put us in this world. But we're only pilgrims in this world. For our world, ultimately, is to reign with you. Mm. To worship you. To adore you. For everything you do is good. And because of your plan your redemption plan for the sins that we've committed in this world. You've restored us and reconciled us back to you. And oh, what a day it is to be able to worship you and to enjoy this world that you've given us as we share your wisdom with your people, as we share your word with your people, as we do your will, as we do things your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So until tomorrow night, for Iron Sharpening Iron at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye-bye. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.